prep for a second. I got like two minutes left in my Madden game. <laughs> the locker room was open. So I went to the locker room and inter interviewed Caleb Porter one-on-one and -on -one drunk. Like he had had so <laughs> What episode are we on now? We are, we, this is going to be 162. I feel like it was 150 or 149. Because I remember it might have been yeah. right before that. Because I, I think 150 was the first time I did the intro. 147 is the first one where I have 147 with Chris Burkhart, 48 with Chris Burkhart, 49, 50. And then in the Dude. next folder. Look at that. Give me some credit. Fans don't want to hear it because you can't say anything about him because Twitter's proven him guilty. So he's guilty forever. But. Congrats to Myers Leonard having a baby. Hey, right on. I did not uh, did not see that. He said one bad thing on a Twitch stream and then devoted a ton of time to the community that he hurt. So, so many people don't do that, but he did. And they still find reason to hate the guy. Testing, testing, if you can hear my washer and dryer. Mm, I think it... You can hear it less than the keystrokes. Or you can just take off your rose-colored glasses and think things out logically. I don't wear glasses. They're all they're contacts. They're uh they're, you can't take them out, you know, it's just built in there. Rose-colored contacts. I don't give a <laughs> saying god. <laughs> five hundred is not simply five hundred. Like not all five hundreds are created equal. The fourth game this year, he's put up a donut for points. You know, getting real. I'm sending my hate mail to my favorite player in the league. Stupid. Yeah, no, anyway, I'm gonna send my hugs to. We're wasting good content. <laughs> yeah, right. We should. Oh man. The point is, uh, as a fan. All right, let's uh, let's do some stuff. Hello, Rip City, to all of you in town and out of town in every corner of the interwebs. Thank you for tuning in here with you from Hood River. My name is Keith Felker-Smith, and here with me, the master of segues and also holiday-themed baseball hats, and then matching those hats with shirts, and even your microphone kind of green color matching the shirt, and I had you with a great themed look going today. How are you, Chris J. Burghardt? Wonderful. Dude, the whole, the whole, the whole setup, the whole setup, the, the, the computer is tinted red while the desk is tinted green. The whole okay. setup is Christmas friendly, baby. Man, holiday spirit. Look at you. We, we, we just passed Thanksgiving. I, I know that's how it goes. I saw Christmas decorations before we got into Halloween. So <laughs> I used to be. I used to be like. I used to be the guy who was like, you can't put up your Christmas decorations until Thanksgiving's passed. But ever since COVID and needing that that little extra push, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure we can just put up Christmas decorations on like November first now. <laughs> Plus, Thanksgiving is overrated as hell. <laughs> there's, there's, there's that too. Yeah, I, Thanksgiving is definitely. Uh, we, I was talking with my wife Abby about the uh, manufactured holidays versus maybe holidays with actual traditional. Although even holidays with tradition are kind of manufactured from other older holidays, from, uh, other religions and the rest. But uh, yeah, that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other rabbit hole to go down. Let's talk about the love hugs and hate mail for this week, and listeners. Hey! You can always send in your own love hugs and hate mail too. What's making you happy about the team? Who maybe needs some uh, some extra hugs or some extra support? And where your hate mail is being sent? Who's who's pissing you off most? And I say most because there are options at times. 
but you can always send those to us on Twitter, trailcasters at gmail.com as well, and our Discord server. We have a Discord server. The link will be in the episode description. Please come and join us. Uh, it's a great place for sending in listener questions. We saw it last week uh, for all these other conversations. We're trying to build that up, trying to get uh, a whole community in there so we can be talking about just 24-7 and, you know, uh, leech all that off the pod so Chris and I have to do less work. But Chris... What? Uh, where are you sending your love, hugs, and hate mail this week? My love is going to the Bosnian beast, Yusuf Nurkic. We have talked on this podcast many a time that the Blazers need more out of him. They need him to be consistent. He's been too up and down. He did struggle out of the gate early in the year. But over the last three games, unfortunately, the Blazers sucked. Uh, but the Bosnian <laughs> beast did not. Over the last three games, he's averaging uh, 23 points. 10.7 rebounds and three assists over the last three games. They were all losing efforts, but it was to no fault of the Bosnian beast. He has turned it around and been playing some pretty good basketball as of late. Yeah, Nurk's looking a lot better. It does suck to see that come in the losses. Hopefully uh, they kind of account for that when they're looking at numbers later and all that kind of like figuring out what works and what doesn't with the team. Nurk is working. He, I, I think, is working well. Just need to get the pieces working around him. Uh, as has been the case before. My love for this week is going to our Discord friends. Like, I already mentioned the Discord, but uh, last week we had uh, friends Fawad from the Unbiased Blazers podcast, as well as D- Dylan McKinnon, former co-worker for Chris and I. Shout out to both of them. They, they sent in questions. The week before that, we had some questions sent in from old uh, Twitter listeners back in the day when we were taking questions years ago with Brandon Goldner and I. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's working well. Come and join us in the Discord. The link is in the episode description. Chris... Who is getting your hugs? Well, my hugs are going to Rip City, to the to the, to the Blazer, <laughs> the Blazer faithful, because after that three-game stretch, you all need them. So the hugs are going to you. There will be virtual hugs. Um, if we are in person, they will be uh, hugs from six feet away through the air, because I don't <laughs> trust all you all you germ germ carriers, you know. But. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm a giant hugger, so beware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a big hugger as well, man. I'm, I, I'm, I'm wary of it right now, but uh, I actually had the same hug too, bro. My hug this week was going to the Blazer fans, not necessarily just after the three-game road trip, but I have heard a lot of people seem pretty sour after uh, the first 20 games of the season, this kind of being that mark where you start to kind of dip your toe in, take a take a measurement on where, where the season is going. A lot of people are pretty sour. I get why that three-game road trip is a part of it. We'll talk about that in a second. But come on, fans. Come on, River City. We're at 500, pretty much. This is kind of what you expected as far as, like, if you just extrapolated this down across the season, this is probably about where we'll be, maybe a little bit better as the season gets easier. Again, we'll get to that right after we talk about these horrible road losses and uh our hate mail chris where's your hate mail going this week this one pains me because i love him Uh i love robert covington he is one of my favorite players in the league has been long before he got to portland but he's getting my hate mail because he needs to figure it out he needs to step it up the blazers need the best out of him to be their best, just like we've talked about every other player on this team. They need their best. But Robert Covington is having statistically the worst year 
of his career since his rookie year when he played a whole seven games. He is only averaging 6.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, which yes. are not good numbers for your starting power forward. If he's coming in playing 15 minutes off the bench, maybe, but this is your starting power forward who over the same three game stretch where Yusuf Nurkic played wonderfully, Robert Covington averaged three points three rebounds and a single assist. And most of that was buoyed by the nine point performance he had against the Warriors. So do the math there. <laughs> if he's averaging three points per game over the last three games, and he scored nine points in one of those games, that means in two of those games, he put up a he donut. Less. Oh, he scored boy. zero points. And yes, he got, you know, ejected from the Sacramento game for throwing his mask. For he only played 15 minutes, but in those 15 minutes, he didn't record a single stat. Like, okay. He had one turnover. Excuse me. One turnover, one oh, turnover. zero points, zero blocks, zero steals, zero assists, zero rebounds in 15 minutes from your starting power forward. And then in 19 minutes against the jazz, he had zero points, and three rebounds. You cannot get that production from your starting power forward. It needs to be more. I love you, Roko. And I'm usually sending you love and hugs because I love you. But every once in a while, I got to spin it. And the hate <laughs> mail's coming your way, even though it's more like strong dislike mail because I could not hate you. You're one of my favorite players in the league. And you will always be. But... The Blazers need more from you, big guy. Strong words, man. Strong words uh, uh, sending the hate mail Roko's way. I think it was even just last week where you were talking about how he's your favorite player and how uh, Roko, as much as the stats weren't going great for him, but he was kind of doing that that thing where it's, it's you know, the way he starts slow as he usually does and then builds up, but he's not going the right way a week later. Uh, hey, it changes week to week, man. That, that's that, that's a thing does that's not an indictment on me that's an indictment no. on the blazers that is <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it changes yes, it week to week and last week when we talked about this it really did look like he was starting to put it together because he had a couple games in there where he had you know three blocks he had a 19 point performance things were looking good but then again when you drop a, a donut two of the last three games it's just it's just not it man i love him it, if you can upgrade but robert covington Robert Covington is getting close to Al Farouk Aminu, Mo Harkless territory, and I've said this before. That means that the Blazers will have turned the corner when he is their bench player. He's not their starting <laughs> power forward. We had the opposite conversation with Nurk, too, where we were hating before, saying he just wasn't able to put it together, and now he's put it together, and the team can't seem to put it together around him. It, it's, yep. it's funny how those things just do change week to week with the Blazers. Here's another thing that I, I wish would change week to week with the Blazers, but the only reason it's changing is whether we are at home or on the road. The defense! We've been talking for weeks about liking what we're seeing as far as some pieces coming together. My hit mill is going towards just the team's defense. The, the, the Defense needs to be consistent. At the very least, you need to find some way to bring a semblance of it on the road. I get that they're still learning the system. I get that it's you know there's still new things, but we've seen enough. I think to, of when it's working well. I just I don't understand like that. That needs to be a foundational piece of when you get out there and you can't put things together. You you rely on your defense. You lean back and know your defense will be there. Now let's figure out the shooting. It, to have the defense work out the way that they've been playing, and I get that again this weekend three game trip. Mostly bad example, it, you're playing against two of the toughest teams in the league in Utah and the Warriors, and then you completely embarrass yourself uh, against the Kings. So, yeah, my hate mail goes towards the defense. 
Hey, at the, at this point, at this point, the the fans inside Moda Center are going to start receiving votes for Defensive Player of the Year because <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. The impact they're having on the Blazers, it's, you know, the proof is in the record. All right, yeah. Um, so let's see. Let's. Is there anything else we want to break down about these three games? Uh, with Sacramento first, you mentioned the mass throw with Rocco. Uh, I don't even. The, uh, honestly, of the three games, at least between. Those first two, between the Kings and the Warriors games, I felt more confident in the first half, at least, against the Warriors than I think I felt at any point against the Kings. They just, they never seem to put it together. Uh, and I just, no. I don't understand how you go into Sacramento knowing this is going to be a short road trip like that and just not come out with your put, like, your best foot forward. I didn't feel, well, here's, I didn't feel confident in any of those games. I think <laughs> the, the, the Warrior game. Relatively confident. No, the Warrior game. You still you say you felt confident in the first half, and that's just how the Warriors have been playing this year. Right, like right. it's they the second half they turned that bad boy on, and they're just playing cat and mouse with everyone. With a huge, huge test coming up uh, this week, which happening going to happen right after we record, so we can't talk about it. But yeah, Golden State versus Phoenix, <laughs> like that's two best oh, teams, yeah. in the, two best teams in the league, longest win streak in the league. Like what's going to happen? One's going to give. Um, but no, never felt confident in the Golden State game. Never felt confident in the Utah game. Uh, the difference is, like you talked about, you talk about Golden State. I, I will agree with you. At least Golden State for the first half of that game, it looked like they were putting it together. Like it, it they looked like a competent team in spurts. Sacramento they were competitive just, they, with the best team yeah, in the Sac- for a bit. Sacramento, they just looked all out of sorts. Like never just, looked competitive. Just, yeah. Yeah, a team that has struggled all year, a team that just fired their head coach, a team that just doesn't God. have a clue of what's going on. Yeah, and Portland just just dropped the ball, and that's where you're starting. That's like, that's where the frustration lies, Keith. Because I think fans need to temper their expectations. I think you need to start realizing this is the team. Yeah, um, like I get what you're saying, but they're not going to go uh, nine one and nine on the on the road all the way through the season. Yeah, and they're not going to go what nine and one at home. So uh, they're both going to they're both going to balance out. Uh, But this the thing is the thing is we said early on in the year that through this first stretch, right about this time Thanksgiving, five hundred is probably a good spot to be. Schedule does get easier. Yada yada yada. The thing is, all five hundred records are not created equal. Because you can be 500, but show some signs of how good your team is. You can be 500, but you have a lot of, you know, some close losses, some real competitive games. Maybe you go into Golden State and you lose the game by five because you were there until the last minute and a half. Like you played best team in the league down to the final seconds. But no, what you're getting here is a team that just looks completely out of sorts on on the, on the road. A team that is struggling to get stops when defense was definitely the point of emphasis. Like you're seeing, like we can, like we said this last week and we can say it this week. Do you see things that are good? Do you see good things? Like, yeah, like, you could still say that you see certain things that are good. Like you could see, I can see what they're trying to do on the defensive side. I can see what they're trying to do with implementing different things on offense. But the thing is in trying, they're not executing. And so it just, this just starts at 20 games in at 500 and a 500 that has been very up and down performances. I think this is the team that you're getting because 
20 games in is 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 more than enough to really start gauging what the team is like. You have sat here and ridiculed me all season, <laughs> even the preseason when I said the Warriors are going to be good. They are a playoff team. I knew they were a playoff team. I saw them probably about a five. I did not five seed. I did not expect them to come out and be the best team in the conference through 20 games. Even that surprises me. But the thing is, through 20 games, this is not fool's gold. Like they are good and they are proving it within their performances. Same with the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix, like if you if you judge everything off of what happens in the first two weeks, then yeah, then you're the idiot because Phoenix struggled just a little bit out of the gate, but now they've put it together too, and I think they're probably they're like they're probably playing better than Golden State in general. And like I said, they'll be a good test when they match up this week. But like you know who those team teams are, the Lakers. You, you know who they are at this point. They're struggling. They're struggling real bad too. Mm-hmm. But like, if you sit here as a Blazer fan and you look at the Lakers and you're like, "Yep, yeah, they're they're not that. That's just who they are. They're they're not going to turn it around. They're not going to flip it." You can't say the same about the Blazers too, man. It's 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 a, it's a, a tricky situation. I think a lot of fans are starting to lose their optimism, like like what you're saying with this. I worry a little bit about recency bias with the last three games kind of shaping a little more of the opinion on the 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 road performance. I get that the road record is not good overall, but I don't know. I, I still think there is hope that while the, the team can be here or slightly better, but again, we said that from the beginning, if, if the team maintained where they are right now to the end of the season, out of 82 games, it'd be 41 or 40. If they get slightly better through an easier schedule or through slowly starting to learn the system, then the next 20 games are better than the first 20. Then we end up at like 44, 45. So it's, it is again, right where we said they should be. It's right on course for what we expected of them. It's right where we said they should be, but we also anticipated that this is where, this is where they would be with an upward trajectory at this point. Like the thing is they're at this point and things look flat, if not going downhill, like you talk about how they could rebound. They're not good. Like, I don't see this team going 15 and, and five over their next 20, 20 games in these teams are all who they're going to be. And I just I, don't I, see the upturn trajectory for the Blazers at this point. I, I agree with you in principle that we, we have a large enough sample to say, this is what the team is. We, we have a large enough sample to identify the team's deficiencies I think maybe what we would see in the next 20 games is, okay, they are simply not going to get this defensive thing in there. They're not going to have this part pulled together. What can we do instead? Does a move need to be made? Uh, yes, obviously. The answer, I think both of us, we would say, yes, you need to make a move. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. But even looking ahead at the next 20 games, I know this is putting a serious silver line on it and being hugely optimistic. But again, guys, we've been through a month and change of basketball. You look ahead at the next 20, we have significantly more oh sorry i'm with way. we have more home games we have weaker teams overall just just doing this on a glance uh it takes us four games into january where the last couple games is uh ending a homestand again against the kings the cavaliers uh there there's hope in here that i i don't think they would backslide further than where we're at like maybe you can't can you agree that maybe that we've we're seeing no. the, the, the the floor here like kind of building from here is possible. no no, no i cannot agree past. with that how are they gonna play tonight to the as we record this, it's going to be a good test. How are they going to play tonight against Detroit, who's four and sixteen and not great? Detroit's four and sixteen. Blazers are missing Dame. They're missing Nasir. They're missing who else? Oh, Norm. Norm was the other one. So they're they're out. <laughs> I, I 
I can see it happening. I, I can see it happening that we would lose that I game. Love, I can I can see I, love, I can see this being a game where you get a, a big game again from Ant like we saw last night. You get a, a you know CJ kind of going off. We still have Nance Nurk. We have pieces enough to beat Detroit, and maybe it helps when the, when these pieces have to be a, playing a bigger role. They have to focus in more. Maybe it'll benefit them in the next twenty games of the season. I commend you. <laughs> I love your fandom. I love your inability to try to look at things unbiasedly and only look at them as a Blazer fan. It's it's a it's a gift. This it's is not gift. the unbiased Blazer and you, podcast. That would be crazy. And you always <laughs> and you always want to try to see the good. And you always want to Yeah, well we got it and we got this and our guys are our guys and I trust our guys and I love our guys. I love it. I love it, man. It's good. It's a good trait to have, Keith. You're a fan through and through. You are a fan through and through. But Tony Snell ain't the piece that's making you win games when Dame's out. You can't. You're not going to rely on Dennis Smith Jr. and Ben McLemore to pick up the pieces when everyone else is injured. Okay, like they're good. They're your Blazers. Root for them. I love it. Have, have be positive. But things drastically need to change if you continue to just say well we have ant and we have this guy and we have that guy and if this guy's out for a game we have this guy who can come okay you're, you're relying on guys to come in and do things who haven't been doing things to win you games in the first place yes you have larry nance jr yes you have anthony simons right Yes, you have Tony. Yes, you have CJ McCollum. Yes, you have Yusuf Nurkic. You have guys that can play and perform well when you don't have Damon Norm, but you have had those guys when you had Damon Norm, and the result has been 500 basketball. So to expect completely different is, is stupidity. It's not now, as, now it's can not they get different? Can you can you expect a win against Detroit? Like, sure, okay, that's fine. Detroit is awful. They're four and sixteen. But it's not like it's a sure thing. Absolutely, no, it's not, it's not it a sure be. thing. It should be more of a sure it thing. It should be. It, it should be, but it's not because again, the Blazers are present or they have presented themselves to us. We know who they are. So if you if you're if you're going to rely on the same people to win you games that aren't winning you games when your team is fully healthy, then you're where you at? Where you at? I love your optimism. I love it. I'm not even playing. That's not even sarcasm. I love it. I love it. It's fandom, man. Don't get I'm down. Just, just be happy. Be I'm happy. I'm just saying we've seen things before where uh, when you're missing the star player, that's when other people can step up. I'm not saying it's going to happen for sure, but we kind of need it to. It would be a really good thing for this team, at least to help us kind of move in the right direction, if we could get some of those uh, lesser pieces to, to kind of sharpen their, their tools a bit here. Like, you know, kind of just, just get hardened in the, uh, in the fires of battle, as it were. Chris, let me ask you, though. The next 20 games. We're 21 games in now. We're 10 and 11. We were 10 and 10 after the first 20. In another 20, we will be 41 games into the season. That is halfway through the regular season. That will be... The, that 41st game is January 13th. Uh, start another road trip against the... Uh, sorry. Start another road trip against the Denver Nuggets. Over the next 20 games, will we be better or worse than 10 and 10? Not, not even needing to do a deep schedule dive here, but just like what, right now, you're, you're saying that which way will this team trend over the next 20? If nothing changes, they're ten and ten or worse. Ten and ten or worse. So like ten and ten or worse. Like maybe a ten, maybe a twelve and eight, pick up a couple games. But I, I just have not though. seen. 
I haven't seen. I said maybe. I haven't seen <laughs> anything. I haven't seen anything from this team that would give me the confidence to say that over the next twenty games they're going to drastically turn it around. Like, like I said, 15, 15 and five. Like, yeah, to go there you have to win what fifty percent more games than you than you won right. Like, all over the first twenty. Like, that's a drastic change. That is a drastic change. Going eleven and nine, 12 and two. That's just that's luck. Like that's how the just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Like, am I, but yeah, they got an easy game against Detroit. But uh, San Antonio is kind of the Blazers of Texas. <laughs> like, like <laughs> we'll see how we'll see how they fare. But then again, you got you got Boston who's good enough to beat Portland. You got then you got the Clippers. Then you got the Warriors. Then you got Minnesota who's actually been playing some decent basketball lately and is right okay, there with know. Portland. But no, listen, hear me out. The thing is like Minnesota is right where Portland is. The difference is people are looking up on Minnesota, not down on like on them like they are are Portland. That things are looking up for them. Then you got Phoenix, then you got Memphis who maybe that's 2 weeks from now. So they still could be uh without job, but still a good team. Then you got Charlotte who has been up and down, but a lot of young guys out there hungry, playing good basketball. New Orleans, meh. But then Brooklyn, that's a team that should beat you. Dallas, if they if they're fully healthy, a team that should beat you. Then then Utah, then the Lakers, then the Hawks and the Heat. Like there's the, there's good teams on this schedule. Oh, and then watch out for this massive massive two game stretch, January seventh and 9th when you get the <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers and the Sacramento Kings. Two teams that guess what. They're not great, but they beat you already. I'm hearing you. I, okay, so the schedule's not playing out in their favor, Keith. It's just not. Here's here's where I think the schedule gets a little better and helps us out. More rest days. We have so many more uh, two days off or three days off between some of these games. And the biggest one, Chris. Here's why I think you, you said 15 and five uh, would be impossible. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm not saying it's even likely to happen over these next 20 games. But 15 and five would be possible for these Blazers because they only have five road games over the next 20 games from today, November 30th, all the way to January 13th. There are five road games across more than a month of basketball. That is different than what we've seen so far. And when you have a team with new pieces, with new coaching, with new systems that they are not learning yet, even across the first 20 games, they have not had time to really get it into their systems. You'll have more days off now, way more days at home, even if we don't see 15 and five, I think I think we're gonna see better than 10 and 10. I feel confident saying that by the midpoint of the season, this team will be above 500. God, how did I how did I get this optimistic when we have been? This has not been a day of optimism, even the, the pre-show for us. But I'm telling you, man, looking at this schedule right now, just doing a quick glance at it, it's possible. I'm not saying it's impossible that we fall Your apart. Your ability or they to just... remain optimistic is inspired. Yes, sir. Thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> Okay, let's let's move on from this. Let's not get bogged down too much. Nate. Last night on Spaces, shout out to all of you who came and joined us. We had the pregame uh, for an hour before the final road game against Utah. Uh, I'd say the pregame Spaces was way more fun than that game was itself. That's got to be one of the worst losses we've seen on the season so far, in my opinion. Uh, but the Spaces session that we had was some good conversation about, you know, kind of the same kind of thing. 20 games in, how our fans feeling. Uh... And then we got into the pick player, Chris. We had uh, we had set this up, or I had set this up on the Trailcasters Twitter account, asking who we should cover this week in the pick player. I listed four options, three of which I thought were pretty good. Nas versus Rocco, 
We've talked about Roko maybe needing to make a need to make a change with Roko in his position there. I thought that'd be a good one. CJ versus Norm, obvious reasons that would be a, an easy fan debate. Ant versus CJ again. All talking about our guard rotation. This seems like an easy. I thought I was throwing chum in the water. Just easy bait for a conversation here. And then I threw in a fourth option as kind of a joke. Uh, Nurk versus Nance. And that got like almost 60% of the vote on Twitter. So uh, I should have put this in the in the in the love hugs and hate mail earlier. Got to send some hate mail to the the Twitter fans. What are you guys? How do you go for that choice of the other three? But so be it. That's what we talked about on Spaces. And Nurk versus Nance. If you could only keep one, uh, who you got? I am I am Rip City. I get that we're all pissed off at right now. And people are maybe not as happy with Nurk because uh, he hasn't really turned into the Bosnian beast again. But man, a lot of you are being hard on Nurk right now. Uh, just so quick to say that you would jump behind Nance. And, and I, I get that his contract situation kind of makes it so he's he's going to be expendable. It's it's probably more likely than not that we don't see him with the Blazers next year. But man, Nurk is a a valuable piece, and he brings this, things to this team that that Nance does not. Uh, but yeah, that was the that was the conversation. Uh, Chris, am I am I bringing too much optimism still? Are you ready to say that Nurk's got to go and that's part no, of the, I think, uh, the change needs to be no, made? No, I think if you're I think if you're taking Nance over <laughs> Nance over Nurk, you're crazy. <laughs> okay, okay. So thank you. I'm not. I'm not that's totally all I got. I, I don't need to go any deeper on that. I think fans <laughs> can do the math on that one. Good, good Nurk is a game changer. Good, good Nance is a very good role player. There's. They're, exactly. they're two drastically different feels. Personally, I think it's a weird question to ask because I think that they both should, like, you shouldn't be choosing one or the other because they both fit uh, for their particular needs. Um, but yeah, if you, if you, again, if you, hey, you have to make a decision, which one's gone? Yeah, it ain't Merrick. Yeah, and, and I, so again, like, I kind of threw that in as almost the fourth joke option when I was doing the poll. Uh, but the idea is that Nance has been playing small ball center for us a lot. So, if, if we had two centers on this team, it's kind of Nurk versus Nance, even though that is almost like comparing like a point guard versus a shooting guard in a sense, where yeah, the shooting guard can play some point and run your offense, but that's not his role. Like Nance's role is not to be a center, he's a small ball center uh, and and more of a four. And, and like you said, more of a, honestly, more of a, a bench player. Well, I don't know, we can, we can talk about that too. Maybe uh, Nance versus Rocco should be the next conversation. How do you feel about uh, that being maybe well, uh, let's talk this about this real happen. quick. Let's right. just go. Let's not even pose the question. Let's just go right into it. Nance versus Rocco. Okay, so that's the next pick a player. Let's do it. it no, let's... no. We're doing it right now. It needs to <laughs> okay, happen. Fine. It needs to happen. And what I mean by that is uh, Rocco needs to go to the bench. It needs to be the, like, it's not working. It's not working. Start Larry Nance Jr. at power forward or start Nasir Little at power forward or hell. Start Greg Brown at power forward and keep your bench rotation intact. The thing is, it is not working with Robert Covington right now as you're starting power forward. It is just not. And I think if you look at, at him statistically, I think that the door has closed on his prime run. And I definitely think Rocco is needs to start thinking about that transition into a key six-man type, a key bench rotation player. It's just not working as the starting power forward for the Portland Trailblazers. Nasir Little is where the future is at with this organization anyway, unless you trade him for something bigger and better. But right now, that's where the future is at. Give him the keys, let him go for a ride. Or like I said, give it to Larry Nance Jr., get Give it to Greg Brown. He's been good in garbage minutes. And then guess what? Then y'all can't get mad when he throws it between the legs with, you know, 
38 <laughs> minutes left in the game instead of a minute and you won't freak out oh my god but the and whole pick thing dunk, like in the middle of the game that's the pick <laughs> just do it mix it up throw dude put some different ingredients in that blender baby make a different kind of smoothie because what you got just ain't working yeah i i do feel like of the starting lineup roko is, is is the weakest link right now and I just, I don't, I just don't know what the piece is to bring in, man. I, I sure, I almost feel like you could move Nas in there, get him lots more playing time, uh, maybe even have that, you know, help to kind of uh, grease the wheels on a uh, guard guard change, getting Nas as three, and I, I no, because then you still end up with, I don't know, it, it's this roster is just problematic right now. It's just not balanced. It's hard. That's I think the the biggest thing is it's hard to make a move finding a guy you can trust at these positions and not destroying your depth or destroying your bench lineup like you mentioned. The whole reason you bring in Greg Brown is just to keep things the same in other places. But obviously Greg Brown is not a real option to be a starting four. Uh, I don't know. At least not right now. Why not? But why but not? I, why why is Greg Brown not an option? Because I guarantee you, you, if you give Greg Brown twenty minutes a night, he's going to give you more than zero and three rebounds against the Utah Jazz. <laughs> Robert Covington is not one of the best power forwards in the league. He's not <laughs> one of the best on small forwards in the league if you want to play him there. He's not one of the sm best small ball centers if you want to put him at the five. And he's only making, what, a little over 10 or 12 or whatever. It's like Those are two different arguments. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I wasn't making the argument that it would piss off Rocco. I'm saying that if you put Greg Brown in front of, I'm going to get like, Nance, Nas, any of the other guys who are trying to like come up on their own sense, don't you think they would they would be a little irked if the, the spot was given away and they had someone else coming in front of them? Not if that's their role, dude. At this, if 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 if, if hey, no, Nasir, okay, this okay. is your I role. What you're like I, I get you're this saying whole no, like none people of them have the leverage. people. No, people, no, they can they have the leverage. But I get this whole like people like oh you want to start you want to start you want to start like. I get that, but do you want to do you, like do you want to start and be the fifth option, or do you want to come in on the second rotation and be the primary option? Like, the, the, like, like you can look at a guy dead in the eyes and goes, "Dude, like, here, here's the thing. Like, you're not starting, but it's because I need you in the second rotation this, because yeah. other than like you, you and Ant are our two primary scorers." And then you look Larry Nance and go, "I could start start you, but the reason I'm going with this guy is because if I start you, I have no backup center, and that's where you're taking all you're taking all my minutes here at the." four and the five and you are a key like key piece to that rotation and it messes with everything like you could convince a guy otherwise there's no problem like dude put 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 greg von or greg vonley as i just mixed up put greg <laughs> brown on the noah vonley routine start him and play him 15 minutes a night and may and then just you give you give um nance and you give nasir those first team runs but you still keep your set your your bench rotation uh intact for the most part uh wait so this is real then you're you we're really talking about like greg brown maybe being the 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 better the best option as a starting four for the blazers right now with this roster i mean you're selling me on it is, is what i'm saying like, let I'm me thinking, wait, okay this actually makes sense and if that is a conversation we're having that is the blazers in a nutshell and that is how bad <laughs> this is yes yeah it really is and that's, that's no disrespect right to greg brown but you're looking at robert covington has been in this league for a while now and you're going oh why don't i start the rookie power forward like <laughs> <laughs> my thing my thing is dude grab some like i said grab some ingredients throw it in the blender if the smoothie mm. tastes good you got something on you but if the smoothie tastes like crap start over and put some different ingredients in like you're yeah. over here and you're eating you're like you're putting mud in your blender mixing it around and trying to tell me it's a top-notch chocolate smoothie 
Like, no, <laughs> it looks like, it looks like a chocolate smoothie, but it's freaking mud. Like, oh man, it's really good. A little bit crunchy. Think I chipped a tooth, but oh, you got you gotta love this chocolate smoothie. No, nah, dude, it's mud pie. <laughs> like, don't don't. Like, this sounded like an always sunny episode. I feel like this yeah, was something that they don't they piss on my us. foot and tell me it's raining, right? Like, <laughs> come on, like, it's just mix the ingredients up until you get that damn actual smoothie that you want, bro. Cause it ain't working. And this is where you gotta get, you gotta go to your GM and you gotta, the, the, whoever that might be before the season's done and the dust settles. But you gotta make moves, dude. You gotta figure this out. Cause again, it ain't working. And this is coming from a guy who is a 100% Robert Covington guy. <laughs> love, I love, love, love Robert Covington. But for what the Blazers need at this moment, it just is not working out. Moving on. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, not wrong. Okay, moving on. What changes first, Chris? The home streak or the road streak? Or not not even the streak. What changes the first? The home uh, win rate or the road win rate? Oh, it's the road win rate. You're not going over on the road for all damn year. But I also don't think you're going to continue to win 90% of your games at home. Uh, but I think it's definitely, I think it's definitely the road. I just don't think the road is, excuse me. I don't think the road is, which one do you think, uh, hard. which one do you think flips more? Like, do you think they get closer to 500 on the road or closer to 500 at home by mid season? Like, like, I mean, no, not even. Uh, they're probably percent. closer. Well, it depends. I actually think they probably, I mean, I probably think they both fall, but I guess you'd probably say closer to 500 on the road. Okay, except they don't have a lot of road games coming over the Only next five month. road games, yeah. But I think when they all when like I think they'll they'll bounce back. But I think like you're probably this is probably more like a like an eighty percent home team versus about month. They'll probably buoy out and come to about a thirty or forty percent road team, which. I mean, that sounds like improvement. That sounds like improvement. I think oh, I'm hearing some optimism Chris, from you, Chris. Chris said okay. It. Chris said it. Oh my god. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I <laughs> I don't want to belabor it too much. That's that's really all we had to, to cover. Oh, you know one other thing that, that I do want to kind of shine on here? Uh, another thing to be optimistic about. At least Portland fans, at least we have the Timbers and the Thorns. Uh don't know if anyone else has been watching those games, but you should be. Those two teams are playing extremely well especially the thorns uh, i gotta say with the timbers i stayed away from games all season with some variable covid rules they had around the stadium uh but i've been to two of the last three home games including the amazing 3-1 first round win over minnesota shout out to abdicalis muhammad our former co-host here uh on trailcasters over in minnesota might not be in minnesota now but hailed from there at one point recently uh, but yeah, so how's that for optimism, Chris? Uh, for being for being a Blazers fan, at least we have two really good soccer teams. But uh, that's really all I got for now, man. Anything else you want to toss in here? Uh, optimistic or pessimistic about the team? No, here's I'm an optimist. I'm an optimistic guy. Ask anyone <laughs> who knows me, and this is by far the most pessimistic I've been with this team because I just don't see it. I like I told told you before we started recording keith is 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 preseason, right you get you get the exact same nonsense from 
from Neil Olshay and then Coach Billups piles on like depth, right? This is the this is a this is a deep basketball team. This is the most depth we've had since 2019, or this is the most depth we've had in my time here in Portland, blah blah blah. And it's all a farce because having 15 men on your roster is not depth. Like when when you have an injury to a player and you have to rely on Tony Snell to start. Now don't get me wrong. Tony Snell has started 50, <laughs> 53% of the games in his career, but that's not depth. Like you, you there's such a drastic drop off between Norman Powell and Tony Snell that that's that's not depth. That's a body that comes in here and plays. Like your your lack of depth gets exposed when you start getting these injuries, and it's really it's really odd that they beat that drum every single year. It's just, it's just, come on. That's that's where you start, that's where the optimism dies, because those are end of the bench guys, not fill in the roles. Like, like you had end of the bench guys already. You had you had Greg Brown, you had C.J. Ellaby, but then you went out and got more end of the bench guys, and then you yeah. have to thr- thrust thrust them in the roles that they were never really meant to be in. It's like when you get mad at like. You get mad at Kent Bazemore and Mario Hazonia when they struggled with Portland, but they, that's not what they were signed to do. They weren't signed. Like Kent Bazemore wasn't signed to start and play big minutes. Anthony right. Tolliver wasn't signed to play center. But well, this is this has kind of been central to what Neil's done the whole time. Like what you're saying, Chris, is uh, his strategy the whole time has been make fringe moves, get these guys on bargain basement deals, and, and hope they'll come up. Hope they'll kind of you know kind of reform in Portland and take it to the next level. And when you are asking a fringe player to kind of step up their game. That's one thing. When you're asking them to step up their game and take on a much bigger role than, than they were expected to have, that's, yeah, it's not a recipe for success. Yeah. Now let's go into a topic here real quick, Keith. Oh, what you got? No, you want to talk about like signing, signing your friend, your fringe players and, and all that. I sent this to, to Keith earlier in a text message earlier this week <laughs> where I just want to talk about what roster construction. Huh? No, go for it. Go for it. No, where I just want to talk about roster construction and how different teams approach it. And the the, the Golden State Warriors are currently the best team in the NBA. And I don't understand the hate for the Warriors that people tend to get. A lot of it stems from them signing Kevin Durant. But even that, I'm like, that's, that's what you, like, as a Blazer fan, that's what you want your team to do. Your team has already solidified itself as the best in the league. But rather than letting anybody else gain ground on you, you went and signed a guy to make you even better. That's what you want your team to do. It just sucks when it wasn't your team who did it. But outside of Kevin Durant, you look at the way that team is built. That team is built on drafting the right way and taking risks that are calculated, but taking risks and and and, and swinging for the fences in the same spot that Portland won't. And what I mean by that is, is the tweet here or the text I sent Keith was currently four of the five Warriors starters were drafted by the Warriors. That's Curry, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, and Kayvon Looney. On the bench, they have Juan Toscano Anderson. They also have on the IR, that's they have uh, Wiseman and they have Clay. Those are all guys that were drafted by the Warriors. In all, I think it was nine of their 15 players were actually drafted by Golden State. That's significant, okay? Outside of that, you went and got vet minimum guys who are making impacts when they play. One of those players is, is Andre Iguodala, 
who, when he does play, it makes an impact. I believe he's dealing with injuries. The other one is Otto Porter Jr. Like he went out and go get a, a vet min guy in Otto Porter, and he's been a, the key reason to their success, coming off the bench, knocking down shots. A guy that's been linked to Portland forever. But when yep. you went and used your vet min money, you you did it on guys that are going to play and make an impact. And then uh, outside Not of that, again, guys. yeah. And then you got guys that you actually develop and find ways to use them properly. One of those guys is, is uh, Gary Payton Jr. playing very well for them, right? But then a big key to all their success, Keith, is you look at Kevin Durant. They go and sign him. Again, everyone hated it. But when he became a free agent, he didn't simply walk. They did a sign and trade with Brooklyn that, that got them D'Angelo Russell in return. And that's a risk because this was a team that already had Curry. It already had a shooting guard in clay. And then you go out and get another high profile guard who does not mesh with the actual roster construction at all. But you go and you take that risk because your, your thought process is I can take this guy and I can turn around and flip him Build value, and yeah, yeah. you know, hope, hope, hope that I can get some extra value of him. And you did because they were able to turn Russell into Andrew Wiggins, who fits perfectly into that roster right now and will continue to fit perfectly into that roster when they get Clay and Jeff Wiseman back or James Wiseman back. James so, Wiseman, yeah, like that team has been built from the ground up, found their success. But again, the fact that they're still doing what they're doing, they're the best team in the league and nine of their 15 players were drafted in-house their other their, their their only like significant big star non is a guy like in Wiggins that they went and took a risk with the the sign and trade just to get him. And you compare that to the Blazers who have six drafted players. And of those six, only four of those six are key contributors, as were all nine of the Warriors players are key contributors. Right. They have zero mega swings. There is no trading CJ McCollum. Like the Denver Nuggets have a much improved defense this year. And a lot of that stems from the play of Aaron Gordon, a player that that Portland fans had linked to Portland forever. A player that Damian Lillard had been vocal about, about wanting. A player that you probably could have got for CJ McCollum. But your inability yep. and, and unwanting to, to leave trade your guy to bring another guy in didn't didn't help you out. Instead, you again the Warriors' big moves are taking a risk on D Russ, getting Wiggins, signing smart vet men players, and then drafting well. The Blazers' big moves are I'm going to wait <laughs> to see who hits the buyout market so I can get someone to come in cheap. Yep. So I can go get Rodney Hood. So I can go get Ennis Cantor. And a year or two down the line, they're not even playing for me anymore. As where, again, the Warriors have guys who have been there, longevity, guys who leave but want to come back and be key parts in Andre Iguodala. And that, like, so so it just blows my mind. And then you continue to, people continue to hate the Warriors for being good, but they, like, they have been built the absolute right way through smart okay. drafting, through smart trading, through risk-taking, but calculated risks. Not, oh, okay, we need a little bit of shooting. I'm just going to go trade one of the fans' favorite players and a guy who has a really bright future in this league so I can get Aaron Aflalo. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what, long story short, Chris. Uh, long story what, short. What I'm hearing you say, I think, is that it is kind of about the roster construction. Oh, y'all think? Y'all think? 
Uh, then but then it also comes deal. down to coaching too. It does come down yeah. to coaching too. Now, now Kerr. A lot of people looked at, at Kerr, right? And they're like, yeah, but he's his coaching is more of a product of that roster. They were good when Jackson was there. He just kind of got him over the hump. But Kerr deserves a ton of credit because look at what he has turned Jordan Poole into. Look right. what he has done with Juan Toscano Anderson. Look what yeah. he has done with Otto Porter in that lineup. Look what he has done with Gary Payton Jr. Like Gary Payton bounced around. He was with the yeah. Lakers. He was with the Blazers in the preseason. He had a good little run, but nothing super, super great with the Wizards. And then he comes to Golden State and they're like, this guy is like, he's a, a defensive stud for us. Like, the, And a lot of that goes to the, the work ethic of the player, right? Like Gary Payton Jr. is just a hustler, man. But a lot of that goes to Steve Kerr too. Like he's yeah. taking these young guys and he's developing them. Like Kayvon Looney is, that's a good center. Like he's a good player. And that's Steve Kerr, man. So it does come down to coaching too. But if you, if you're <laughs> the, like, but with, I mean, but the coaches, well, you know, no. all the, all the decisions you just talked about with like what have really made the Warriors great. The coach can, can deal with what the piece that he, that he's brought in, but it does like the examples you are giving do, do show that this is coming down to having a competent smart office who's not just in who, uh, comparatively the blazers sound like a bargain bin team we are a team shopping no, that's what, no. the yes, thrift no, stores we're on the same they, page yeah we're on the Golden same State page is a team going out and buying like the, the the latest fashions and staying up on the trends and knowing what to come knowing what to go for next and blazers are out there at goodwill or the, the local thrift store you're out here a nice jacket Hey, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. Goodwill, man. You can find some deals at that place. Yeah, but, but you're not gonna go win thing, a, a no, fashion award either. You're giving. Hey, hey, you're giving. <laughs> you're giving. You're giving. The Warriors went out and purchased a bunch of apples, and then they asked Steve uh -huh. Kerr to make some sweet, tasty apple juice, and he made some of the best apple juice you ever tasted, right? And he did so good. He's like, hey, got a little bit of apple cider too for you, baby. I went. I went a little bit extra. Okay. Now, now the the Blazers. They went out and got nothing but lemons and said, hey, Chauncey, I want you to make some sweet, <laughs> sweet apple juice. And then they got mad when Chauncey's like, screw that. I got a couple oranges in my cupboard and try is trying to make orange juice out of it. Trying to make and they're like, that's not even mix. what we wanted. That's not even the right <laughs> fruit. I gave you lemons and I said, make apple juice. And you tried to do something on your own. And it's not even the juice I asked for. You're an idiot. Like, like there's... and." that's not even a good analogy the whole point is there's a disconnect <laughs> there is a disconnect between what the coach wants and what the coach needs versus what the gm is giving the coach to be successful like it's just like the whole the whole terry stotts chauncey Billups debate like people like for me i think i think parting with terry stotts made sense because at that point i just think it was time to try something new right get a different face run in there course, yeah. see what could happen like you can run with like a greg popovich forever but at least greg popovich has some titles under his belt that's that's like you know he has some bargaining but with terry i thought terry was great i thought terry was absolutely phenomenal in the long run did some really good things i just thought hey let's try something new let's get a change but at this point you can't tell me that terry stotts wouldn't have been 500 with this exact right. same roster that chauncey billups has so again it, the, the whole like no the roster's no, different no the whole point is keith long story short as is our new tagline this probably should just be the new name of the podcast is no <laughs> there needs to be a huge 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 emphasis on the roster and it also need to look at how neil olshay has constructed this thing over the years you're drafting guys and then turning around and trading those drafts look at the okay look at zach collins 
Like Zach Collins is a good example. Yes, he was injured, but that was a guy you drafted to be a key cornerstone of your franchise, and now he's in San Antonio. Right. With all indications being, when he comes back healthy, he's he's in some of the best shape he's been in in this league and ready to turn the corner. You just gave up on him because he's injured goods. But the dude had only been here for a handful of years anyway. But the thing is, you're like, and and if he ends up being and you're good like then that's on you for not doing your due diligence and drafting poorly especially when you could have had the bam out of bios of the world right but you're going out here and you're making you're you're, you're making these these picks these are the guys we want to be with us and then they're just getting rid that you're, you're just getting rid of them and like look you're watching the pat Connaughton's go off and be successful with the Bucks in the playoff yeah, run, not at the end of the bench. You're, you've seen Jake Lehman go out and play well. You've seen Will Bal Barton turn into a key, key He's player the Denver, for the Denver Nuggets on their rotation. Like These are guys that you had in-house. You drafted. So, like, you're not even showing... Like faith in your own system to go out there and draft players. You 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 drafted Caleb Swanigan. He's not even in the league anymore. <laughs> so like, not so only good. are you not like keeping him, you're not drafting well to begin with. Like, again, every GM has those misses. But the list here continues to be very long. And when you look at what Bob Myers done with Golden State, like, it's like that's a top notch executive job. Top yes. to bottom, an organization that has their shit together. And it's just, it's mind-blowing. To me, I'm not, you like, I know we've used it in this conversation, but it's it's just, it's not necessarily a full indictment on how bad the Blazers are or anything. Because I feel, if you looked around the league, there's, there's a lot of rosters that probably have five guys they drafted or six guys they've drafted. But unlike the Warriors, they probably aren't winning championships. Yep. Like... If the we're Warriors to be have more built than just a run of the mill team. We need to have. Uh, we can't be having just yeah. It can't be making run of the mill moves. The roster. Swings. The roster. God. The roster. If anyone listened to our rant this long, you know, <laughs> put a feather right, in well, your cap. You deserve a, a diamond award or something. P one listener. Long story all the way to the shortest. Condensing it down to one word. It's. Anyway, like Chris. Anyway, said, we gotta wrap this bad boy up because Keith <laughs> Keith got himself a new washer and dryer, so he doesn't have to do the whole laundromat thing anymore. Never going to a laundromat and, again, baby. And, and you know, get arrested and whatnot. He gets Dude. to do it in his own house. So he's over here. He's he's. I said people are making smoothie smoothies with mud. He's throwing clean clothes in the mud puddle out back just so he has a reason to do laundry right now, baby. Oh, he needs me. to go. We, uh, we when when we ordered these things online and knew they would be here this Tuesday, we're like five days behind on the laundry. We piled up our laundry just so I could do it all here today because I didn't want to go to a laundromat, didn't want to do it. But Chris, check this out, man. I've got an app on my phone for the washer and the dryer. I can remotely start or stop them from here, change the temperature right on it. I can tell you got 36 minutes left on the dryer load right now. And that's right, the dryer is running right now, right down the hall in the other room. The washer was going earlier. You can hear it a little bit, and it's got a really fun. Uh, did you ever see Death to Smoochie and they do the cleanup song? They play oh, yeah. it at games now and then. That that sound that that's, that song chimes through when the washer finishes a load. I love it. You hear ding 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 ding. It just it made me laugh. Like on the two loads I've done today, it made me very happy. So I'm gonna be doing a lot of laundry. Uh, and yeah, I'm gonna. It, it's it's perhaps more enjoyable than Blazer games, unless uh, they win tonight, which they will. You guys have you've already seen the game as you're listening to this now. So congratulations, Blazers, on turning around when you come home. 
beating the Detroit Pistons, as you should. Uh, I will be at the next two games, the game on Thursday against the Spurs, perhaps joined by my buddy Burkhart, uh, and then on Saturday as well against the Celtics. So hopefully we can keep the home record going strong there. Uh, fans, hey, listeners, hey. if you want to get at us for questions for the future, send us your own love hugs and hate mail, even though at this point we kind of probably understand that all the hate mail goes towards Neil. Uh, but send us your love hugs and hate mail, send us any other questions, talk with us about the game chatter, any of that, come and join our Discord. The link is in the episode description. Also, next Monday, the game against the Clippers, we will have a pregame spaces, a pregame live chat for all of you to come in and share your venting, your frustrations like Chris did today. We are here to hear them. We will be there 6 p.m. Monday before the 7 p.m. game against the Clippers. Uh, did I say Lakers the first time? It's against the Clippers. Next Monday against the Clippers. 6 p.m. pregame on spaces. Please come join our Discord. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Chris Burkhart. Hope you're feeling better, buddy. Hope you got a lot off your chest there. Hope you kind of relaxes a little bit. Yes, yeah. Namaste. <laughs> thank you, Odor, for the fat beats. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Probably more than the Blazers in their recent play. But that will turn around, and hopefully the episodes will continue to be good. Thank you again, and please come back next week for the next edition of the Trailcasters, and go join our Discord. <laughs>